This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. First up this hour, Bangladesh has just concluded its general elections. Quite tumultuous, quite dramatic. Um, and not the result though. The lead up to it, the mm. talk around it is what's been difficult. But um, to nobody's surprise, I think, Sheikh Hasina has retained her position as Prime Minister for the fifth term. This has not, of course, been without its controversies. So it makes her the longest serving leader of Bangladesh's history. Um, and... Uh the outcome of the elections, basically, the Awami League, which is Hasina's party, secured 222 seats, while the current opposition, the Jatia party, only secured 11 seats. Um, and independent candidates secured a com- combination of 63 seats, and that actually makes them the second largest group, which creates um, a problem with finding parliamentary opposition. But you talked about the um, the, the tumultuous uh, series of events before the election and that's really where some of this has um, you know so a lot of this controversy has uh, settled on right because the opposition essentially uh, the Bangladesh Nationalist Party the BNP essentially boycotted the elections and chose not to run. And then during the election itself, there have been a lot of discrepancies around numbers because the Awami League said there was 40% voter turnout, which of course indicates that um, they got the people's mandate, that this was um, uh, the legitimacy of the election. Uh, But on the other hand... um, Independent observers are saying that the numbers could actually be as low as 27%. Um, accounts on the ground say that election uh, polling centres were practically deserted. Nobody seemed to have turned out to vote. So that's where the election itself is. Um, and in a larger sense, I suppose it does then call into question um, just how much this, how much meaning this election has in terms of fulfilling the people's mandate? Because even the opposition, quote unquote, that was voted in, um, there's also been conversation about dummy candidates, right? Yes. In essence, uh, candidates who were actually rejected by the ruling party, but instead asked nevertheless to run in order to give a veneer of respectability, a veneer of democracy to what was otherwise a rather one-sided affair. And so I think um, it's worth saying, of course, that Taiwan's elections just concluded. Uh, this is a a quite a, a calendar year in some ways for international elections. And considering the relationship between Malaysia and Bangladesh, particularly in terms of our workforce, in terms of the population that's here, this is something worth looking at, but also worth looking at because of the clear issues around the democratic process that this presents. So let us know, we're talking today about the the lead up to and the outcome of the Bangladeshi elections. Um, have you been following this? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we will be speaking with Faisal Mahmud, who is a freelance journalist from Dhaka who covered the elections. Keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. Bruce Freddie Morrissey, BFM eighty nine. Point nine. It 
is coming up to 5.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about the Bangladesh elections, uh, which saw Sheikh Hasina securing her position as the country's Prime Minister for a fifth term, but it was not an election that was without controversy in any way or form, really. And so we'd like to ask you, have you been following the story? Do you have questions about it? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now, we have Faisal Mahmoud, who is a freelance journalist from Dhaka, who covered the elections. Um, Faisal, good to have you with us. Um, thank you. Uh, so, as we said, the um, elections just concluded over the weekend. Firstly, can you highlight what happened uh, throughout the course of the elections and you know, perhaps some of the more notable events? Okay. Um, I mean, the incumbent Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina uh, has secured his her fifth term and as Bangladesh's prime minister, and this is her consecutive fourth terms. But I mean, um, it's really I'm I'm really hard pressed to call this a proper election because uh, you know uh, in Bangladesh's essentially two party politics, the other major party, Bangladesh Nationalist Party, didn't take part in this election. So uh, since they boycotted it, it always going to be a selection and seat distribution among the ruling arm league, and it it just happened. But the way it happened. Uh, it even baffled the common people and as well as neutral observers because, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the election commission has shown the voter turnout as above 40%. But I have been to many centers yesterday and and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, 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 the turnout percentage that I witnessed was way less than 20%. And even after 3 p.m., when the election commission has declared that the turnout was around 27%, um, I specifically visited around like 10 centers in the last one hour and I didn't see any voters. But all of a sudden, uh, at 4 p.m. when the polling closed, they declared it as 40%. So it, was, it means that in the last one hour, 13% votes were being casted. So, I mean, it, the result was so absurd that uh, it's very hard to call it a proper, even, even the election process, which was boycotted by the opposition party, it was not fair. They just come up with cooked up numbers. So how have international and independent local observers assessed the integrity of this process? Uh, we had a number of uh, foreign observers in this election. I think the number is more than 100. But they were being selected by the election commission uh, basing on, I mean, they, uh, those who are supposed to be critical of the government and the process of election, they were not given any permission to come and observe the election. So the observers who were elected in the first place, they were not that neutral. So when they um, when they did a press conference yesterday, which I attended, by the way, they said that the election was pretty peaceful and quiet, which was true, because if you consider the last elections of 2014 and 2018, uh, which were we witnessed like more than dozens of deaths, Yesterday, we witnessed only one death, which was not exactly related to the election. And there were very sporadic incidences of violence. So if, you if, if we have to consider this election as a peaceful and quiet one, it is true. But it was peaceful and quiet because there were no voters. <laughs> and, uh, and the observers said, uh, when we asked the observers, like, what is their opinion about the voter turnouts? They just started that question and they said that, they were here only to judge the electoral process and how the uh, how the voting system worked. They were not here to judge the turnout because to understand the political scenario of the whole country, they need to stay there for more than a month. So I'm not sh I'm not sure what sort of observations 
they actually made. And the, I mean, I can I can quote you about one observer who came from Russia. He downright gave the election and said that it it was a legit legitimate election. So I'm not sure whether their observations were at all credible. I'd like to talk about um, the dummy candidate issue because the incumbent Awami League won a majority, 222 seats out of 300, while opposition reps came primarily from the Jatia Party with 11 seats and some 63 independents. And it has been suggested that these independents were in fact fielded by the ruling party as uh, dummy candidates. If this was true, why did they do so well? Interesting question. As I said, Bangladesh is essentially a two-party politics. You have Awami League and you have PNP. And I think their staunch supporter and voting base is around 30, 35%, sometimes 40. And the rest of the population, um, the, the, the third largest party, which was an Islamist party, Jamaat Islami, but it lost its registration. It has around like 7 to 8% voter base. And there was this another major party, Jatiyo Party, which was popular once, and they have a very strong... Um, voter base in northern part of the country, but their voting base were, were never more than four or five percent. And uh, these are the four parties, and there are 40 other registered parties, but they never, I mean, they're just political parties with very small supporting base, and they usually try to become an ally of either BNP or an Aumilic. So, what happens during this election? 28 out of 40 per registered parties took part, but as I said, BNP and their allied parties boycotted the election. So it was essentially election between Awami League versus Awami League because Jatiyo Party since 2018 has lost its credibility. It, it, it took part in 2018 election as an ally of Awami League, but all of a sudden after the election, it became the parliamentary opposition. So people of this country just considered Jatiyo Party and they and then pejoratively call it as a domesticated opposition. So Jatiyo Party has has, that doesn't have the capacity to win a single seat by itself. So in this election, to give legitimacy, it uh, to give its legit to, to give it legitimacy in front of the whole world, especially the Western countries, which which put intense pressure on Sheikh Hasina to hold a free, fair, and participatory election. What Omri did, it asked its candidates, which could who couldn't secure the party nomination to stand as independent they themselves, even the party that themselves party itself called them as dummy candidates. And uh, these dummy candidates came out as second in the race. They have owned 63 seats, which creates another, another interesting problem because now you don't have any major political party as the second in the race. So you didn't have any parliament, you didn't have any possible parliamentary opposition. You have Army League winning 20, 200 to 22 seats, and you have independent candidates who are mostly Army League rejectees. They have won 63 seats. So it's basically a parliament of elected Awami League versus dummy Awami League. You said, why did they do so well? They did so well because uh, there were reported pressure uh, from the law enforcers and from the intelligence agencies. Uh, and they, uh, I mean, since these are all allegations because these are not proven facts, but they played their active roles in making sure that Huge number of these dummy candidates own, so that Aumilik can tell in front of in front of the whole world that, okay, uh, you see the election was fair because a lot of independent candidates has owned against Aumilik candidates. You see, that's the, that's the narrative they try to establish. 
So actually, it comes down to um, a question of legitimacy, right? Because the you know the Awami League, even in the last couple of elections, has been struggling to sort of prove this kind of support base. Um, what do the outcome? What does the low voter turnout indicate? What does it reflect about uh, where the Awami League actually stands? First of all, as I said, the official turnout is forty percent. Which is still low. I mean, mm. if you consider a democratic country, it's a, it's a very low turn on forty percent. It proves that people has lost their trust on this important institution election. I mean, uh, I can I can quote you one one political analyst of Bangladesh who publicly said that we have become the people of this country has become a permanent resident, not citizen, because. If you want to be a citizen, you have the voting right. And we have lost this right because the last three elections, including this one, the people couldn't vote. People couldn't, their, their, their only choice was to vote for Awami League. So you can call, I mean, it's it's very hard to um, call ourselves as a citizen if we don't have the right to choose our own candidates to lead us, right? So, I mean, uh, it, it creates all sort of uncertainty, like where we are going ahead, because if if important institutions like election commission are being tainted and the whole process of election is being tainted, then the whole future of democracy is in an uncertain hand. So with that said then, in terms of the domestic scene, do you expect to see more or less political tensions and volatility um, in the short term? Aumilik, I mean, Sheikh Hasina led Aumilik has done one thing successfully. Uh, they have been able to neutralize their main opposition, Bangladesh Nationalist Party, in a very in a very adept way. Uh, the, the main opposition has lost, I mean, its muscle power and most of their top leaders, even the mid-level leaders are in jail. I mean, in the past two months only, more than 20,000 of their leaders and activists are thrown in jail, including their Secretary General, Mirza Fokul Islam Alamgir. And you know, their party leader, uh, Begum Khaledazia, she's uh, 78 and she's ailing and she's in hospital for the past, I think more, uh, more than four months. So uh, the party has lost its capacity to do a massive scale street protest and processions and other things. And any, any dissenting voices in Bangladesh are, are, are faced with uh, legal cases, harassments. So there is, a, there, is a, there is a pervading fear among the common people that if they speak out, if they go out and protest against this government, they might face the consequences. So it's a, it's a silence. It's a fear. This this fear has created a silence in the country. So I'm not sure whether uh, there will be much bigger protests or processions in the coming days, uh, because I believe that the government will sustain and it will ultimately get legitimacy from most of the governments, even including the Western governments, because it has already get already gotten legitimacy from India, the biggest neighbor, neighbor and the most important player in the South Asian politics and China, and I think Russia. So I'm not sure what will happen in the next few days. It's, it's, we are so thrown towards an uncharted territory right now. And in the meantime, um, this is all happening as Bangladesh is facing some serious economic challenges. Has uh, Sheikh Hasina and the Awami League, um, you know, what is their capacity to resolve these issues? That's a very important question because, you know, uh, BNP was neutralized from 2014, I would say. From 2014 up until 2020, uh, 21, I would say, their presence were very low because they couldn't, they, they, were, they were so bogged down with their 
legal cases and harassments that they couldn't muster any support and couldn't uh, organize any big rallies or protests in the country. But what happens uh, since first the 2020 COVID happened and then Ukraine-Russia war? Because of these two external pressures, Bangladesh's economy all of a sudden started facing all sort of crises. It, it, it is now falling like a house of cards because you see, um, we are... We are a deficit economy. Our import bill is always way higher than our export bills. I mean, it's usually over around the ranges of like 10 to 5 to 10 billions or 15 billions. But all of a sudden, it has become more than 20 billion. And the remittance inflow from the Middle East workers has um, has diminished. And we have this uh, we have this stalling of foreign direct investment. So it means that we are the gap between that import and export bill is increasing. So we now have our forex forex reserve, which was like more than 48 billions, and it come and it came down to around 18 billions within a gap of one year. So because of this economic pressure and rising prices and inflation, opposition all of a sudden started gaining tractions from people, and they started organizing all these protests, uh, all all these processions and protests, uh, focusing on the rising inflation, and they were able to get people's support and. People were voicing their own concern against this government, and this sort of in this sort of put Hasina government into a soup, and and at the same time, you know, uh, the U.S. Biden administration put immense pressure on Hasina to to hold free and fair elections. So these two two pressure uh, put Hasina government uh, in a, in a very delicate position, and the the, the economic. Uh, uh, the economic problem is still prevailing because uh, there is a widespread notion that the U.S. will retaliate after, within few months after this election with another set of economic sanctions. And if that happens, especially if they put any sort of sanction in our ready-made garment sector, which is like our main export honor, then I think Bangladesh is going to face immense problem in the coming days. We have a couple of minutes left with you. Um, is there a final thought or message you'd like to leave us with? Yes, I mean, um, as I said, election usually uh, election elections usually tended to resolve political uncertainty in any country, more so in Bangladesh, irrespective of whether they're free or fair or one-sided. But I think this is for the first time uh, the election might aggravate uncertainty here, because as I said, I mean, uh, we are not sure where we are heading in in terms of like getting more Western pressures and. Uh, whether we are going to face any sort of, I mean, internal political turmoil as well. As I said, like independent candidates, 63 independent candidates were chosen against 222 Awamili candidates, and there is a there is a there is a concern that this will create even internal party rift in Awamili. So you see that there, there's a domestic political problem and international pressure. So I mean, the people of this country is sort of like stuck between a rock and a hard place now. They're, 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 they're facing, they're, 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 if any sort of economic sanction come and our economy will deter further, then it will rise the inflation again and the common people will find it more difficult to support, I mean, afford essentials. On the other hand, if we live in this, I mean, autocracy, I would, I would use this word autocracy, then we are, all, all of, we are very vulnerable to all of these compromised institutions like judiciary and bureaucracy. So... Well, the people of this country, as I said, like it's stuck between this rock and a hard place. Faisal, thank you so much for speaking with us today. 
Thank you. Thank you. That was Faisal Mahmoud, a freelance journalist from Dhaka who covered the elections. And we, that's what we've been talking about today, the recently concluded elections in Bangladesh, which saw Sheikh Hasina uh, secure her position as Prime Minister for a fifth term. But it was a very tumultuous lead-up. It has not been, um, I think, even post, right, in terms of how people are talking about it. It's a tough one, um, as I think that was clear from, from that interview. Uh, let us know, have you been following this election? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.